Christ was born, but at least a day is designated. Of course, in Christ, every day is Christmas or Christ Day. And uh, Merry Christmas. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> he, he, he. Ha, ha, ha. Merry. A merry heart is like a medicine. Merry in Christ. Joyful in Christ. Somebody will get that here shortly. Y'all happy? Anybody going through anything? Raise your hand if you are. Raise your flag. <laughs> Anybody coming out of something? Anybody out of it? Well, get ready. This life just has a way. Jesus said, be of good cheer. You know, even though there's, there's trials and tribulations, you know, there's in this world, you can't leave it. You don't, we don't want to leave it. But uh, we just need to keep a merry heart. Keep, keep our cheer. The Bible says, count it all joy when you're going through various trials. You know, when I get change from a hundred dollar bill or something and I only spent two I'm watching the lady put the money in my hand I'm, I'm watching her count it and I'm counting it as she counts it and so when we're going through something you just need to be aware and be intentional tap into the joy of the Lord because that joy will be your strength and that joy will take you through that storm amen I tell you, God is calling people that have been through storms. A, a storm will make a good man if his heart's towards God because he'll see the hand of the Lord in that storm. You know, Jesus called uh, Peter out of the boat. He was in a storm. You know, I mean, that was a big deal because he's the only one got out the boat. Not only walked on water, but he was... He had enough courage and enough faith to come to the word come. He stepped into the sea of come by obedience. And you know, and people kind of dog out Peter a lot because he got his eyes on the storm and he started to sink. The Bible says he just began to sink. He didn't sink. You're not going to sink. You understand? In Christ, you're not going to sink. It'll feel like you're going under. It'll feel like something's beginning to take you down, but you're not going to sink. Tell your neighbor you're not going to stink. <laughs> if you sink, you stink, but you're not going to sink. <laughs> You'll never know. You'll never know. Uh, we got a special guest here and some special guests. Pastor uh, Devin, come up here, man. Tell us what's been going on. Praise the Lord. Well, it's good to be back home, huh? Yeah. Hallelujah. I just feel like I got to repent, man. I haven't been here. You don't, you don't have, you're a busy man. Man, you, you ain't lying. I've been real busy. <laughs> man, the Lord. But it's been good just to be on a Holy Ghost treasure hunt, huh? Come on. How many of you know it's just good to be able to participate with God? Amen. What a privilege, man. It's available for everybody, too. God's just looking for somebody to say yes. Yeah. You know, and then, you know, we it's not that we're qualified, but when he calls us, he qualifies us because it's him in us that does it 
and so I've seen some amazing things uh, uh, just thankful uh, that the river was a part of what we did and we saw some phenomenal things happen in Baton Rouge some more things are coming this year we're going to Minnesota doing some stuff Amen. Um, we're doing a canvassing campaign that's crazy like going to 1,165,000 houses in Louisiana Wow! and God wants to take back the school system Amen. 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 <clears throat> Recently, I've been shocked. You know, uh, I had some issues with my son coming, you know, some things that he learned, and I didn't realize it until I was in the middle of it. And I tried to pull him out of school, and, and he didn't want to come because he was socially connected. And so I had an issue with that. And, um, you know, I, I knew some things back then, but recently the Lord started showing us some, some stuff that's in the schools that's just shocking. And so, uh, and we even, it's just like an onion. God begins to peel more and more as you go. But uh, how many of you know, man, that, that God says if we'll put our foot there, he'll give it to us. Yes. He said he'll give us every place the uh, sole of our foot treads. So we just kind of took him literally. We're just going to tread everywhere and take it for Jesus. Amen. 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 You know, the Bible says, blessed is the man who does not sit in the counsel of the ungodly. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in that law, he meditates day and night. It says, whatever he does prospers. The word of God is powerful, y'all. I mean, we, we don't think, I'm like Jeremiah, you know. He, he said, he says, oh, you're going to do this. I said, Lord, I, I'm a little old me. Who am I? He said, don't say that. See, God calls men to uproot things that are wrong, to tear down things that are wrong, to replant what's right. That's what we're called to do as people of God, each and every one of us, whatever area of influence, you have uh, something that's called a mitra, or it, it's a two rule, an influence that you have. And as Christians, we're supposed to go into an area, and we, we go into that area, we enforce the authority of Jesus Christ. He said, all authority in heaven and in earth was given unto me, and he lives in you. But if we believe that, then man, there's all kinds of things that change. You could, when you declare something, man, it could just happen. You gotta be careful what you say. You say the wrong thing and the wrong thing could happen. You know, but you say the right thing because you created in the image of God. How did everything happen? He said, he spoke it. He said, let there be light and there was light. Do you know that they can actually scientifically prove that? They study water molecules. And if you speak words like love or or a blessing and stuff like that, they actually watch the water molecules and they turn into perfectly symmetrical shapes that are beautiful, like snowflakes. But if you say, like, I hate you or something like that, it, it turns into a deformed molecule and we're made up mostly of water. So science actually proves that. But man, it's good to be back in, in the river. I love the river of God. The Holy Ghost, man. So y'all are a blessing, and I bless this house. This, is, this has been a blessing to me and my family. It's been an integral part of my life. I landed here after a troubling time coming out of a ministry and came back, landed here, and Pastor Butch scooped me up and, and it kind of pointed me in the right direction, and we kept rocking for Jesus. How many of you know you need a friend when something happens? The Bible says, blessed is the man it says, what does it say? It says, um, pity the man that doesn't have a brother to help him up when he falls. 
right? Two are better than one. Man, our breakthrough is in one another. The devil works overtime to divide us. In this nation, that's what's happening. Y'all see that? There's this division because that's the spirit of Antichrist because he knows if we get together, he's done. There ain't no devil in hell, no devil on earth, no thing that's going to stand in your way if we're unified. The unified church is absolutely unstoppable, and I believe God's fixing to do something where we come together and, man, take this nation back for Jesus Christ. Can y'all believe for, believe God for that for, for us? How about we just secure the future of our children? Amen? Amen. Pastor Butch, you're a blessing. I love you, man. All right. Well, this is Willie McGee back here. Willie McGee. Amen. <laughs> Willie McGee loves the Lord. He's a prophet. Hallelujah. Malcolm Malcolm Calendar over here. Joshua. Joshua. He's a giant slayer. Giant slayer. <laughs> and he's a dreamer, man. You know, Josh has dreams, and then they're like about my life. Your life? Yeah. He, like, has dreams. Is that good dreams? Yeah. I mean, a miraculous, <laughs> mind-blowing. We see some stuff that hey, just is all-striking. Yeah. Dave, you remember Dave? He was here I a while back. I remember day. Dave. Yeah, we, we got with Dave out on the streets. And he told me about yeah, that. he fed people. We ministered people together. Come on. Dave's a blessing. And this is Joe. Joe. Joe looked like he got a little fire. He got, he's got some fire. <laughs> Joe loves the Holy Ghost. Come on, Joe. If you pray for him, he's sure to be laying on the floor and just say, stay there for a while. Joe's my right-hand man. God sent him to me so I would have something I need because Joe, Joe's got a computer, and he's just taking care of everything. Actually, uh, Josh said that Joe was George's gift. Oh. So Georgia <clears throat> got set free when Joe came. <laughs> so he's helping helping us and uh he's a blessing man so uh, i have you know what i have the privilege of actually living with these guys you know what some people look at it and say oh man you got you know you don't got no freedom oh this and that and i had people look at it but see we got, if you look at it the way jesus looks at it what a privilege to get up and we get up in the morning and we get in the holy ghost the first thing man we turn on some music, just meditate on God. Sometimes God just just wrecks the place for an hour straight, man. And then, man, God will give a word when we just watch the body. Because how many of you know that, that each one of us have a part? You know, we, as a hand and a foot. And we got to have that function or we don't operate correctly. And so it's just a blessing, man, to be around these guys. What a privilege. Um, I just count myself privileged, man, to, to disciple people. So I encourage y'all disciple people yeah, amen. amen thank amen. you pastor thank you man discipleship is the work of the kingdom actually if you're not discipling in some kind of way you're really not working in the kingdom and uh, everybody everybody should be helping somebody everybody should be helping somebody up spiritually speaking you know we don't just we don't just meet to absorb and to just you know attain knowledge we use it, we apply it, and then what the Lord gives us, we just give it away. You know, we receive uh, from the Lord, and then he works into, for us, and then he wants to work through us. It's just how it is, man. I mean, if I got something good, I want you to have it. If God did something for me, and I, I got a little 
knowledge on something or I've practiced something over and over and I really see that obeying this word consistently brings a good result, I want you to be a part of that. And so for the last month, we've been actually talking about uh, discipleship and uh, building foundations in our life. You know, the Bible says in Luke 22 that the wise man, he dug down deep. You know, he didn't just build his house, he dug down deep. And if we built a building in Louisiana, anywhere around here, you can't just build a building. You can't just lay concrete on any dirt. You have to dig down to something that's hard or either dry piling. And so for us to be secure and have a foundation in Christ that when the storms of this life come or the persecution come or the trials come, that we'll stand. And actually as a pastor, I have watched so many people just taken out over the years by the winds of adversity and the storms that come up in this life. And most of the time, the reason is they don't have a foundation. People don't do well in marriage because they don't have a foundation in marriage. People don't know how to handle their finances because they don't have a foundation in handling their finances. People don't know how to parent children because they don't have a, fine, uh, a foundation in how to parent children. People don't get committed to an assembly because they have no foundation or understanding or wherewithal or teaching about how, how vital it is to stay connected to an assembly. And uh, so we have to have foundations. And so I think I'll help you tonight in the area that I'm going to be talking about. And we're repairing foundations because there's cracks. There's, there's, there's things wrong with people's foundation. It just, it's not going to hold their life. And so if we don't get that secure, you may not make it. And I'm not speaking negative over, the, over you, but you can love Jesus all you want. But you've got to have a foundation in things to stand in this life when, every, when all hell is coming against you. You all understand that. And so tonight, uh, I won't be talking about the anointing, but the anointing's here. I, I probably won't be talking about you as an ambassador of Christ and what God has for you, but it's here too, because he's here. Uh, I won't be talking about healing, but healing's here. <laughs> you understand? Whatever you need in the presence of God, it is for you, but... What I'm going to talk about tonight is something that just came to me uh, this morning. And it's something I learned over the years. And I've watched people fail in, in this area. And just by the grace of God, I had help. I had ministers in my life that would call me to the carpet and would rebuke me, correct me, lead me in instructions in righteousness so I wouldn't veer off the path and uh, so I succeeded in this area and I'd like to talk a little bit about that tonight and I pray that this will help somebody here if you would go to 2nd Timothy chapter 1 verse 9 kind of tap your neighbor and say this is going to be good 
Now tell them like you mean it. This is going to be good. Open your mouth, man. 2 Timothy 1.9. It says, who has saved us. Everybody say saved us. And called us. Everybody say called us. With a holy calling, not according to our works, not according to anything we did, not according to our performance, but according to his own purpose. Tell your neighbor you have a purpose. And grace which was given to us. So he graced us. In Christ Jesus, before time even began. And so before you were birthed, you understand, the Lord could see you in Christ. Your call was available. His purpose was upon your life before you were born. And the grace was there also. So when we were born, we were born to reveal Jesus. How many of y'all know that? Paul said it pleased the Lord that he revealed Jesus. And so that's what the Lord wants us to do is reveal Jesus. When I read this, I saw these four things spoken over our life. He saved us. He called us. He put purpose in us and it's his purpose and he graced us. And between being saved and the grace sandwiched between that being saved and grace we see the call and we see the purpose amen so he saved us for his purpose he called us for his purpose he graced us for his purpose and the Bible says it's God working in us to will and to do for his good pleasure or his purpose. So it's God that's working in us now that we're born again, filled with the Holy Spirit. And he's putting his desire in us. And then he gives us his power to do his desire for his purpose. <laughs> we just got to stay connected. And it's all about him. Life is all about him. You, you need to be very aware of that in every situation that you're in. You need to intentionally think about it. It doesn't matter where you are, what you're doing. Life is all about him. It may not look like it at times. It may look like all hell's breaking loose. But I'm telling you, your life is all about him. And his heart's all about you. He's more for us than we can even imagine. So these four words, I saw it spoken over our life. And I started thinking about the calling and the purpose. The calling on our life is something we do. It's something that's at hand. But the purpose in our life is something in our heart and something we love. And I'll explain that a little more as we go. 
But the call is about what we do and what's at hand. And the purpose is about, it's in our heart. He puts that desire in our heart. He's working in us. So he puts his desires in our heart and our desires become his desires. That's why if we delight in the Lord and we delight in his word, he gives us the desires of our heart because he put his desire in our heart. And so when we, you thought that was fine? That's easy, huh? I mean, you know, so you ask accordingly. Whatever you ask according to his will, you have a confidence because you know what you're asking for is his will. And if you know it's his will, you know he hears us. And if we know he hears us, we already have it. We just have to see it manifest. And so you need to know you have purpose in your life. And as a pastor, I, I see people wandering and wondering all the time about their call and about their purpose. And so I'm going to kind of give you a few tips tonight that you won't wonder and wander any longer. You can know or at least get started in the direction you need to go in to fulfill your purpose on this earth. You know, I got saved, and I didn't get saved because I thought I was going to miss heaven. And I didn't get saved because I thought I was going to hell. Like, now, I realized all of that. I wasn't going to heaven, and I, and I would go to hell. I realized all that. But the thing that really drew me to Christ is I did not want to live this life and not know my purpose. And I, I wasn't even saved yet, but I'm like, you know what? There's got to be something bigger and better than me. <laughs> There's got to be something beyond what I've already participated in. And that's what drew me to the Lord, wanting to know my purpose. And I didn't even know my purpose would be found in the God of my wife. And then I found out that was, he was Jesus. And then when I did get saved, I realized that my purpose was in Christ. And so Colossians 1.17 says, and he is before all things, and in him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead. Then in all things he may have preeminence. And so, you know, in life we have gifts, we have talents, we have energy, we have time, we have family, we have finance, we have resources, we have kids, we have a home life, we got careers, we got work, we got activity, we got hobbies. How many of y'all know that's all part of life? And I started thinking about how full life is. And our natural life, we have a natural life. You're living in this world. I mean, you, you can't see my real, you can't see my real person. That's my spirit person. That's the one that's just one with God. You, you're looking at, you know, the outer shell. You're looking at the uh, earth suit. You're hearing my mind, will, and emotions, which are becoming subject to my spirit man who has allegiance and loyalty to the Lord. But we live in a natural world. We got to deal with each other. We have to deal with fallen man. We have to deal with this fallen society. So we have a natural life. That's our everyday walk. That's our work. That's our profession. That's our time with our families. That's, that's all of that. But we also have a spiritual life. And, and I just want to kind of just 
you can, we don't really separate it, but I'm doing it now just to show you that our spiritual life, life is what's deep in our heart, right? You want to put God first, right? You want to put God first. Does it happen all the time? Don't raise your hand. But you want to put God first. You know, we love the fire. We love the anointing. We love his presence. And so, you, you see, you got to work your natural life. you got to go to work. <laughs> and, you know, we come here and we, we all feel kind of rested. We feel at peace. And, you know, if you don't, uh, you know, maybe we should pray for you. But we kind of in and out of places and atmospheres where we feel the peace of God and then we don't and it's, you know, and then we feel the anointing and we don't and, you know, we got joy and when we don't. So y'all see how we have to live, right? But I have found in my life, you have to be careful and attend, you have to be attentive to your everyday walk and make sure Christ is in it. Because if not, there'll be a disconnect between your natural life, your work, helping kids study, dealing with your boss. You had a run-in with a friend. You have to be careful. If you, if you end up in the flesh there, you know, you feel somewhat disconnected to your your purpose, where your heart really needs to be and your love for God. Are y'all with me? And so we, we don't want that disconnect, but it's, it's a constant thing. We're having to deal with this. Y'all getting what I, what I got. But, but you can't, we can't disconnect. And you know what? It's somewhat frustrating. You know, sometimes, man, everything's going right. You know, like you leave a, a, a ministry or you leave a, a teaching, and man, you're all fired up, and then you walk out the door and something goes wrong. Right? It happens. So we, we simply must, this is the key. You simply must be aware that God is for you all the time. All the time. And everything you do needs to please Him in whatever realm you're walking in, whether you're changing a baby's diaper, whether you, you know, you, you've been betrayed by somebody, you need to be aware that the Lord is watching and the Lord is for you and the Lord is there to help you in the time of need. Even in temptation, where, where, where we, we say it all the time, God is faithful. You know why he's faithful? When you're being tempted, read the scripture. He'll leave a place of escape. There's no sin common to man. There's no temptation uncommon to man, I mean. And so as soon as that thing comes, the Bible says, God is faithful. When you're going through the hardest thing in your life, God is faithful. But we're not aware of that because the natural is taking us out. The confrontation, the challenge, is, is causing us to not see correctly. Anybody getting this? So the first thing to know is we need to serve God in every area of our life. So I separated it to show us that it's two different realms, but we have to serve God in both realms. 
when you're feeling it and when you ain't feeling it. <laughs> you understand? When, when you think God's moving and when you think God's not moving. You need to be aware of his presence. You know, Jesus, in, in Luke 4, 18, he was, you know, he said, the spirit of God is upon me. I really believe Jesus said that a lot. That's what I do before I preach. I just tell myself the spirit of God's on me. You know, I've done that over the years. I, I would just start saying the spirit of God's on me. I didn't feel a thing. Nothing. But I knew the spirit of God was on me. I didn't feel it, and I just kept saying the spirit of God's on me. And people felt it, but I didn't. And people were beginning to get touched because when I said the Spirit of God was upon me, you know, they related to the God's about to do something. And I didn't even know what God's about to do because I didn't feel nothing. I do that often. I'll say the Spirit of God is upon me. Or you know what I'll do? I'll start talking about somebody that I see the Spirit of I'll just be, I'll look around. I'll see the Spirit of God on somebody. I'll just start talking about that person. Next thing you know, it's just like something happens. You know, here? I was in a meeting one day. I don't know if you heard this, but this guy, he started churches all over Australia. And uh, he was the guest speaker. I spoke to him before the, the event. I didn't even know who he was. I'm just talking to him like I'm talking to anybody else. And so he got up to preach. I, I was shocked he got up to preach. I mean, my God, we talked a long time. I hope I, I, hope I said everything right. <laughs> and uh, he just started talking, and I noticed, because this happens, this happened to me. If preachers don't admit it, they're just lying. Sometimes, you know, you got to kind of get going. You know, you're looking for the vein to get in. So you just talk and you talk and you talk until you hit the vein and you just take off. So he was kind of doing that and I knew what was going on and uh, he wasn't going anywhere. And so he started talking about me. I mean, he started saying everything that I told him. And I think I was preaching to him to tell you the truth. I probably told him my latest revelations and everything. I didn't know he was the preacher. And uh, he started telling everybody what I told him. And I mean, and uh, I had a pastor friend by me, and the pastor friend bumped me, and he said, he's working off of your fire right now. I said, what? He said, yeah, he's, he's just trying to find his way. He, 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 he's connecting with you. He likes you. And he's, I said, what are you talking about, man? <laughs> and so listen, when it ain't happening, get around somebody that got it happening. When, when you're not feeling the fire, just look around, man. When you're going through something, I mean, you're going through something. You, you know what I mean? And you're hurting, and it's not easy. Call somebody up, man. That was just a little side note there. Come on, dude. So there can be a disconnect in our struggles in our everyday not life. It can be an uneasiness. And uh, you could get frustrated. Just be aware that the Lord is with you. And that frustration will 
I've met so many people over the years just going through stuff, and I just start talking to them, you know. Even people, they don't even know I'm a preacher. They don't know nothing. I just start encouraging them through the Word. Next thing you know, they feel better. Next thing you know, that Word just, that, that uh, resurrected power of God in, in His Word just rose, resurrected somebody. Y'all know what I'm talking about. You do the same. I mean, I can't listen to negative too long. I mean, that's just, you know, okay, that's enough. Okay. <laughs> I mean, if you need prayer for an ailment in your body, you know, after 10 minutes of details of what you got, let's pray. I'm like, you know, just tell me you're hurting. That's enough. Anybody hurting in here today? Anybody got pain in their body? You do? You do? Well, there's a presence of, the presence of God is here now to heal you. We're not going to talk about healing. Anybody else got pain in your body? Anybody? You do? Hey, you do, Cody? And you do. Tell me when it leaves, okay? I'm going to just keep going. Just raise your hand when it leaves. You going to do that? <laughs> Ecclesiastes 3.11. This, this will help us right here. He... He has made everything. I'm reading in the Amplified. He has made everything beautiful in its time. Everything is not always beautiful. He has also planted eternity in men's hearts and minds. And there's a little side note here in the Amplified. This eternity in our hearts, a divinely implanted sense of purpose a divinely implanted sense of purpose. You know, going through the routines of life, it can become mundane, routine. It could be a labor. But you can't forget something divinely has been implanted in you and you know it but you forget it when you're going through it you might be sensing it now a divine something divine something purposeful something by God has been embedded in you to become and to do but at times in life it's just not registered so over the years, I've always kept close to my heart what God has called me to be and what God has called me to do. And you know what? That's exciting. That's, uh, you know, this call and these purposes on our life. It's, it's almost like a romance with God. It's almost like it's, it's this mysterious thing, but yet it's so bigger than who we are. Isn't that right? But then you got to take care of all this other stuff. Y'all with me? You got to plumb. You got to work for Kevin Ray. You got to do your engineering job. But we like this over here. It's so exciting. 
It's so rewarding to know that God is calling you. But we got to do all of this stuff. And as a pastor, and listen, this is God. I'm not taking this away. I'm not making this negative. This is God, what he's speaking to your heart, what he showed you, what's been prophesied over. This is all God. But to fulfill what he put in your heart, you better get doing what he put in your hand. And the Lord showed me this many, many years ago through great ministers. What he's given to you in your hand, be a good steward and be faithful and committed to it. And then you will have all of this. And I've watched the train wrecks over the years. Now listen, this is no negative. This is God calling us here. But you'll never get there if you're not faithful with this in your natural life. You understand? That's why we can't have the disconnect. That's why we have to keep it all as one. That's why whatever you, you see, doing this, we're going to do it all unto the Lord. This is big. We can shout about it. You know what the word calling means in the Greek, in the original? It means to shout it out. Shout it out. I'm called to this. I'm called to that. God said this. God said that. The prophet said this. The prophet said that. You shout it out. Isn't that good? That's exciting. That's what we want. But this will never happen if you don't take care of this over here. You know, when God called Moses, he said, I want you to deliver my people. You're going to call them out of Egypt. And you know what he said? <laughs> he said, who, me? Basically, he said, who, me? So he didn't know who he was. And then he said, well, God, if I, if I talk to your people, who do I say sent me? So basically what he's saying is, who are you? So he don't know who he is, and he don't know who God is. And then he says, you know, because he's got to speak. He says this. He said, I'm not eloquent in speech. I said, I'm not eloquent. I'm not eloquent in speech. And he said, I'm slow in speech and slow in tongue. So he didn't qualify. I heard Pastor Devin say that, you know, if he calls you, he's going to qualify. You can't qualify. You can't call yourself to something. And you can't qualify yourself to what God calls you to. And so he's in a, he, he just feels like he can't do it. But the thing is great. The calling is great. And so I looked it up in the Hebrew. What not being eloquent in speech and slow in speech and slow in tongue. And you're not going to believe what this means. You, it, literally, what this, you're not going to believe what it means. You know what it means? He's, it, it meant, I speak like a Cajun. <laughs> you understand, that was him. That's who he was. 
But this is what God said. He, he kind of skirted around all of that, and he said this. He said, what's in your hand? What's in your hand? So he put something in his hand. And God has put something in all of our hands, or it's at hand. Even the prophet, when he went to the house of the lady that didn't have anything, she was making a last meal and she was going to die. The prophet said, what do you have in the house? So I'm telling you, what you need, God already gave you. And he wants you to be faithful and committed to it. Because if you are, you'll see all of this that he's called you to. Y'all got that? I'm not finished yet. Saved called purpose and grace you know from when I was a young boy going to the Catholic school the Catholic church I remember sitting in that big temple big cathedral and something inside of me just wanted to help people that's it. I just wanted to help people. And I used to love Superman. We all had a, a hero when we were growing up. And uh, so I love Superman. I'll never forget. I just look at the lights in that church. And I, I guess I was looking for God. I, I don't know. You know, just a little boy in a big world, not understanding too much. And I would just, I, I guess I was just speaking out of my heart. And I just, it's something like if I would just keep looking at the light and grit my teeth, I'd become strong and help people. I mean, that sounds crazy, but I, every time I go to church, I'd be like, <laughs> I mean, because I really wanted to help people. You know, I wanted to be like Superman. And uh, finally today, I wear the big S. I'm saved and sanctified by Jesus. Amen. And, and all of us, and, and walking in the supernatural. You know, the way God makes us, and uh, we're wonderfully and fearfully made. I'm more fearfully made. Susan's more wonderfully made. <laughs> but we're wonderfully and fearfully made by the Lord. And what he makes... You understand, the way he makes you is for the purpose he has for you. He's not going to make you one way and then have some crazy purpose for you over here. He made you in a way to serve him in this purpose. Y'all agree with that? And so the callings of God, irrevocable. They were on us before we got saved. Matter of fact, the callings of God are on Hollywood. That's why they have the gifts they have. That's why they supersede a lot of people, maybe in acting or singing or, and all of these, the giftings and the talents because it's, it's God's. It's all for the Lord. He gave it to them. And it's before, they're not even saved. But they're using it in a per perverted way and it's not for the kingdom of God. It's for their own uh, kingdom. So I want you tonight to think about what's in your hand. Because usually what's in our hands, we're frustrated with. You understand? I, I've talked to so many people with calls on their life. 
I said, dude, take care of your marriage. They're frustrated with their marriage. They want this. But they're frustrated with their marriage. But this is what's at hand. And then, you know, their kids, they just had enough of their kids. So they start hollering and screaming at their kids. This is what's at hand. And then they want this over here. No. If you committed, devoted, and faithful, what's at hand? It will be the foundation that you'll begin to build, to stand on when you get over here, that your ministry or your call or your purpose just doesn't fumble or crumble. Are y'all getting this? So what's at hand? I'm asking you, what's at hand? You know, when I was young, what was at hand? I wanted to help people. And today, and I've always wanted to restore things. I just love finding trash. I just, I mean, I'll take something that somebody throws away. I'll throw it in the back of my truck and I'll sell it for two or three hundred dollars. I do it all the time. I just, I love that. I love restoration. I love finding something rejected. I love finding something discarded. I love finding something that nobody else wanted. And just do a little something to it and boom, you got a treasure. That's always been in me. You understand? So this natural thing over here, I listed, listed some. This natural thing over here is, is called responsibility. <laughs> it's called discipline. It's called staying committed. It's called the realities of life. It is what it is. It's a chore. It's labor. You have to be patient. You have to show your gentleness. You have to be kind. <laughs> this is a foundation. You got to get these things. You know, when people come out the world into the church, their families will flop. They were so fragmented. People don't even know what families are that's coming out of this world. So they come in church, and you know the first thing they do? They fight with the family. They don't get along with people. So God's just passing them through the test again. If you didn't get it out right out there, you're going to get it right when you come in the kingdom because he's not. he doesn't want what's basic to him. He wants you to pass. He wants you to pass the test. Are y'all here? That makes sense? So, you know, you, you got to get these foundations. So I just listed some things. You know, it's the world that we got to live in. You know, we in the world, but we're not of it. And, you know, who, who, who gets kind of impatient with worldly people? I mean, I know Christians that flip off the world, man. What kind of Christian is that? See, they don't, they're frustrated with this over here. They agitated with this over here. They want this over here. But God ain't no fool. He's not going to turn us loose in his full purpose until we get these things over here right. This is what discipleship is all about. There's a lot of disease in discipleship. You guys, you probably never got corrected by Pastor Devin. Probably, probably. Hey, bro, it's painful for a moment, but you'll profit from it in the future. 
And you understand, if you haven't been discipled, you'll never disciple anybody. You won't disciple them right, you'll hurt them. So you have to know what correction is, what rebuke is, what instruction is, what teaching is, what don't do that is, do this. And of course, when we correct, we give a reason, and then we have instruction to do the right thing. We just don't say, don't do that. There's a way of doing things. Y'all here? This is good, huh? But listen, this is where Christians fumble. Christians love the gift more than they love God. Did I say that? Christians love the presence more than the personal relationship. Because this is the presence here. Get with a couple of good believers, the Lord's coming. But their personal walk, they love that more than the personal time with, with the Lord. So you understand, all of this is just, it's a high, man. It is just like, woo, woo, woo. But over here, this is where you serve. This is where you do it right. This is where you do everything unto the Lord and not unto man. Right here. Because God's watching all of this. You know, when we get over here and we start fulfilling our purpose, everybody's watching us. Boy, don't we love that. But over here, nobody's watching. But God is. And you don't want to fail this. And so I'm not promoting this. It's there. It's God. It will happen. But this is what pastors point out. Get this right. Get this right, you soar like an eagle. You get this right, and listen, a lot of people are running way fast over here. And you might think, you know what? I'm going to keep building these foundations in my life. I'm going I'm to stay in the house. You understand? I, I'm going to stay in church. I'm going to keep building these foundations because when my time comes, I'm going to be ready. And it's going to happen. Y'all getting anything out of this? And listen, y'all know, you know, it's foolish to the world, the things we do. You know, when we say all of this and do all of this and say what God said, and we, we're dreaming, man. We got vision, and we're saying it. We're speaking it, and the world says, you're crazy. That, isn't that right? But if you come over here, we're really not doing some things right here, and the world's doing it better than we're doing it. You understand? I know, I, I tell you, I know worldly people that got good marriages. I know worldly people that when they go to the bank with their checks, they don't bounce. You go to the bank, you ask the tellers whose checks bounce the most. I love Jesus. <laughs> I, I'm serious. And so we got to get this right. Oh, we look like a fool right here. And it's really foolishness is what's happening. We can become so enthralled what's ahead of us that we can disregard what's right before us. You understand? And, and we don't want to leave this behind. Our children, our family, 
are in, you see a foundation is built is when you got character in that foundation. That's what a foundation is, it's character. You're not gonna bend. When you get over here, you're not gonna bend. You're not gonna compromise. You're not gonna bow down. You're gonna be like the Hebrew boy. Mm, kill us. I ain't doing it. Sorry, King. No. And that's all established over here. It's not established over here. It's all established right here. You test it right here. You test it at home. You test it with your children. You test it in church. You test it with your friends. If you're going to mess up, mess up here. Right? If you're going to cuss, cuss here. Somebody say, baby, don't say that. It's, it's okay. <laughs> Right? If you mess up, mess up here. Because everybody's going to be nice. Everybody's going to be gentle. They're not going to dog you out. I mean, if you do it 50 times in church, we're going to have a problem. But, I mean, you understand you've got to heed correction. This is, my point is, this is what counts. If you don't commit and be faithful in these little things, because this is big. This is a norm. This is bigger than this is bigger than life, the vision, the plan, the purpose. It's bigger than who we are. And if we don't do it right here, this won't last. Anybody ever seen those train wrecks? Listen, the Greeks looked for knowledge. They looked for something that would tickle their intellect, appeal to their intellect. And the Jews were looking for some kind of wondrous sign and neither one of them could even understand the baby boy born what's that hand y'all got that looking beyond what's in front of you I'm telling you what's in your hand what's at hand is so important to God he put it in your life your job is important. Quit talking down on your boss. I've heard so many people say, I hate my job, I hate my job, I hate my job. I said, well, quit. You know what? They wouldn't quit because they lily-livered and spineless, and they don't have the guts to go do, start a business, and then do what their boss is doing. You know, be responsible for a lot of people. Just shut your mouth up. You know, when Jesus looked at the fishermen, why did he call Peter? He looked at Peter. He watched Peter. He watched those disciples cleaning those nets. They probably were very meticulous about it. And finally, he just had enough. He walked up to him. He said, follow me. I'll make you. Follow me. I'll make you fishers of men. They understood mending. They understood repairing. They understood restoration. They understood things had to be right for a harvest. Things had to be tied right, put right for a big harvest. He, they understood that. You understand that? Things got to be tied right over here. There can't be no holes in the net. The foundation, there can't be any cracks in the slab. It's got to be right. And listen, I'm not talking about perfection. I'm talking about getting, getting right according to the word of God in these areas, with your finances, with your family, with your children, with your church people. 
You know, sometimes over here, is this good? Sometimes over here, and this happened to me, but I didn't fall out in it too long. But, you know, you kind of get to this place like, you know, just you don't want to deal with a lot of money. and You feel like you do better without money. I had one friend. He got out of college, had a degree as an engineer, and he just, he decided, I'm going to live under the bridge and just work for God. Well, that wasn't God's plan. <laughs> you know what I mean? God wanted to prosper him so he could be somewhat comfortable that he could really do something big for God. But this self-indulgent, like, you know, money. Ah, ah. Anybody hate money? <laughs> no, but it can rule over you. You know, you get around people and money is everything and you just kind of get sick of the whole thing. And, but we need money. We need increase. We need influence to impact people. And so we do. We do need money. And so don't be ashamed of what you have. I mean, don't, don't get so much that you can't maintain it and then it pulls you away from God, that's not a good foundation. Your eyes need to be on Christ. Don't allow what's in your hand to disconnect you from what's in your heart. Take care of what's at hand. You know, somebody, you know, maybe you have some backlash, you may have some people that betrayed you, you may have some unforgiveness in your heart. You may have some bitterness in your heart. You can't carry it over here. You got to get it right. You just got to get it right over here. You know, if you treated people wrong, you need to get with the Lord, get your heart right. God may even have, maybe even have you go back and talk to them. I've watched people over here, very immature, try to start ministry. And you don't have to be perfect to start ministry. Just start where you are. But I'm, God has some big things for us to do. And it would be better to build the foundation. You know, when they build a foundation, it ain't exciting. It's muddy. It looks terrible. And it's like on and on and on. What are they doing out there? It takes so much time. And nobody stops and takes pictures of the foundation. Wow, what a beautiful foundation. Look, look at Look at the way they dug those holes, man. Look at all that dirt over there. Nobody does that. Everybody wants to see what's built on it. And you know what? You can have, you, I said this the other day, you can go to Sugar Mill and nobody sees the foundations of those house, houses. But you know what? If they made a one-inch foundation on one of those houses, a two-inch foundation on one of those houses, and maybe a two-foot foundation on those houses, on a bunch of them, just variously throughout the whole thing, you wouldn't notice it. it they all look the same, except about 10, 12 years go by. And then somebody says, they didn't give me a foundation. Y'all understand what I'm saying? Everybody wants to build on top before they dig down deep on bottom. It takes time. You can't, there's no shortcuts. And I'm telling you, if you're running in an area and there's an area in your life that really needs work, just pull back a little bit. Get some help. Get some attention. Don't go on without getting that right. That's, that's wisdom. 
just wisdom. I thought this was pretty good. We can also minimize what's in our hand by comparing what we have and what they have. Don't worry about what they have. What you got to take care of. It's not a competition. In church, it's never a competition. We complete each other. And people are at different stages, different ages, different phases. And so don't ever compare yourself. Now, it's good to see somebody uh, growing and maturing, and you want to emulate that, and you want you that's a good example. We need that in church. But at the same time, what's at hand? You take care of it. And so you can you can minimize, you can hurt your calling by just always measuring yourself where you are. And so what I've always done, I get people to measure me. Because if I measure me, I measure up. <laughs> and I, if, if somebody's going to commend me, it don't need to be me. We can commend ourselves. We can measure ourselves by ourselves. But the best thing to do is have a good friend, a good minister, a good uh, mentor. And, and you really, guys, you should, you, we should all do that. Go to your mentor ever so often. How am I doing? My wife did that to me not long ago. Am I a good wife? Could, could I do anything better? How many of y'all know I really respect that? I'm thinking, how am I doing? <laughs> you know, we're open. I'm getting a little too close to some of y'all. This, this touches home right here. You know, even supermodels. I mean, they got it. They walk, the, they do it, man. Everything's right, but you know what they major on? What's wrong? They will major on what's wrong in their life rather than what's right in their life. And if we're not careful over here, we can always be attentive to what's wrong, what's wrong, what's wrong. Well, we need to know what's wrong, and then we need to get some help and just move on. God desires to use what's in your hand to fulfill what's in your heart. That makes sense? So what's in your hand is what you're doing right now. It doesn't matter where you are. If you're faithful in what you're doing right now, the advancement, the increase can come. And it takes time. Now, if I could just bring that to the body of Christ, uh, Jesus' disciples uh, we're kind of talking about who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom of God. And then Jesus asked them, for who is greater? Is it he who sits at the table or he who serves? Who's greater in the kingdom of God? Is it the one that sits at the table or the one that serves? And of course, he came to serve, so they were looking at the illustrated sermon because he had a towel wrapped around his waist and he had water around these dirty feet and he was serving. And so this, this, this is where serving comes in. Are you ready for this? Y'all ready? Y'all ready to serve? You serve right here. Right here. Right here. It may seem menial 
it may seem you're wasting your time it may seem like I'm not getting anywhere but I'm telling you if your heart is right and you're doing everything right here unto the Lord he's going to bring increase in your life I'm telling you things will accelerate things will move along where they need to Philippians 2 7 says but but made himself this is Jesus of no reputation how do you serve you don't have a reputation you know in church today everybody has a title my title is I'm a servant of the Lord that's it I'm a we all serve I'm, I'm, I'm serving I'm a servant I'm just like you it's just another gift another place of serving but we're all servants and a servant will help the person next to them. You understand? The servant will do whatever it takes for that person to do better or be better. As Christians, we call ourselves servants, but how do we react when treated like a servant? Oh, I'm a servant. Man, when I was growing up in church, they just told you what to do. It wasn't this socialism in church where everybody's equal and, you know, don't hurt nobody's feelings and, no, go do this. And if you didn't, they just knew, you know, they'd help you. They'd get whatever you needed to do it. But, you know, we get in a place, like at work, man, if the boss says, go do this, go do it. He's your master. He's paying you. You treat him like the Lord. You understand? Yes, sir. I got it. I ain't doing that. That ain't my... I had one guy come in here, couldn't, couldn't read a ruler, and then started, you know, learning some things and picked up some things and did very well, you know. And all of a sudden, all the years that he served, I don't know what happened, but now he's been elevated himself and you know, in the world, it's all about how many can serve you. How many you got under you. But that ain't the way it's in the kingdom of God. It's how many you serving. How many are you serving? How many are you serving? How many are you serving? In the world, everybody steps on everybody to get to the top. It's this pyramid. In the kingdom of God, the pyramid's flipped upside down, and we serve everybody. We call ourselves servants, but how do we react when treated like a servant? I'm telling you, in the little things during the day, in the family, on the job, at school, with your friends, that's where you serve. Well, if I serve, I don't want to be a doormat. You probably will. Jesus was. And I'm not, you know, I'm not saying let people run all over you, but not everybody's going to be nice when you're nice. Not everybody's going to give back when you give. Matter of fact, if you give in to get something back, your heart's wrong. You know, if, if you're loving somebody to get love, you're just needy. Did I say that? <laughs> and you shouldn't be needy. He provides all of your need. He loves you, man. Who, it doesn't matter who doesn't love me now. 
I mean, I wish they would, but Jesus loves me. Jesus loves me. And you know, some people don't love my wife. I tell them. I don't tell them. But I tell Sue. I say, Sue, they don't love you. They might not be going to heaven. I mean, I can understand them maybe not loving me a time, but don't love my wife. I, I'm almost finished. Y'all getting anything out of this? But all this is big. All this is glorious. This is the glory of God. This is Christ in us, the hope of glory, sharing in all of this with the Lord. And we're already doing pieces and parts of that. But if you want the fullness of your call to come to pass, you take care of things here. You don't move until, you know, your heart's right. You don't, you don't, you don't move out of a relationship bad. You don't move out of a church bad. You don't move from a job in a bad way. You just take care of your business. It's called character. And when your character, you know character is something immovable. That's why I'm saying if you build that foundation, you got the character in that area that when you get over here, you are immovable. The wind will blow. The floods will come. The rain will fall. But you will not move. You will stand. Because you build your life in a very, very wise way. And I'm not limiting everything to this. But this is foundational. Y'all got that? Also, we need to have a selfless spirit. We have to empty ourselves of self-centeredness. It takes more character to serve than to be served. It takes character to serve. I'm telling you, it takes character to serve and serve and serve, and serve, and not get frustrated, not get agitated, not feeling like you're getting taken advantage of. In a marriage, that's what you do, you serve. You know that single person? It's all over here. You know why they're not married? They ain't got it right here. They're not ready. Boy, this is glorious, though. <laughs> but the quicker you get it right here in the little things of your life, next thing you know, there she comes. You find a good thing. And so we want to start out businesses, ministries, marriages, relationships, church plants. We want to start it out on a sure foundation. Hallelujah. Pain left you? Your pain left? It did? You're just telling me that? It really did? You don't feel it? Where was it? Wow, stand up, man. Move around a little bit. You feel better? Wow, that's just the annoying. How about you? Where do you go? All right. <laughs> How'd you get over that, dude? <laughs> How you feel? Huh? Somewhat stand up. Jesus played pray for the blind man. I didn't pray for you yet. 
But Jesus prayed for the blind man. He didn't, you know, he could see like a tree. The man was walking like a tree. And uh, he prayed again. So uh, I didn't pray the first time, so I'll pray the first time. Lift up your hands, Lord. Let's, let's just believe. Man, why, why come to church and be in pain? I thank you, Lord. Thank you for your anointing. It's been here since he got here. You opened blind eyes, deaf ears, caused the lame to walk. Thank you, Jesus. We were not made for pain. You took our pain, our grief, and our sorrow. So I thank you, Lord, what you carried. He don't have to carry. In the name of Jesus, I know it's real. I know pain's a reality. I know bodies hurt. But, Lord, you supersede and transcend all of that malfunctioning in our bodies. And I thank you for the anointing to break the yoke of that pain, that discomfort, and that ache. In the name of Jesus. Lord, touch that man. That's the second prayer. <laughs> Lord, touch him. Make work was not working. Perfect was not perfect. Make function was not functioning. In the name of Jesus. Amen. He really had back trouble. He did. You feel better. God does things instantly. And when he doesn't, we're just waiting on it to happen. There's always, you know, Jesus came. This was his purpose. He came to destroy the works of the enemy. He was manifested in the flesh to destroy the works of the, of the enemy. And you know what we do now? We manifest in the flesh, in the power of God to enforce what Jesus did to contend for the things that the Lord has promised us. Amen. Well, it's 8.06. And so, what's in your hand? What's, what's... I really want you to pay attention. What has God put before you? What has God put before you? You, you need to activate, you need to be aware of that. You need to begin to practice in that. If it's children, if it's finances, if it's a job, if it's a talent, if it's a gifting on your life, you understand. You be faithful with that and you keep you out of it and let the Holy Ghost have his way in that area of your life. Lord, I thank you for tonight. I thank you, Lord, that the words that I spoke, I thank you that you take it beyond that. You take it to a miraculous realm. You take it to a realm of recovery and restoration and redemption. I thank you, Lord. I thank you that people were stimulated in their spirit to give attention to an area of their life. I thank you, Lord, that people will become aware of, of something the Lord put near them that they need to be responsible for. I thank you, Lord, that you will check us in areas of our life that we need to discipline ourselves. Lord, we've been hearing it in our spirit over and over. Take care of this. Over and over. Don't do that. Over and over about things we need to do. So, Lord, I thank you that obedience will bring prosperity to people in this room. And I thank you that their obedience 
will, they will see the promises of God in their life as they practice what you teach them to do in the name of Jesus. Well, we will see you Sunday morning. Guys, good to have you here. Good to see you, Pastor Devin. Brother, good to see you. Have we ever met back here? Yeah. No. Joe, you just so alive, Joe. I wasn't talking to you, though. That's all right. How you doing? How you doing? We met before. Yeah. What's your name?